Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm loving this interregnum between Bachelor seasons because it gives us a chance to focus on some other shows. And today we're talking both Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Real Housewives of New York, both currently on Bravo. And I'm joined by my ringer colleague, Amelia Wedemeyer. Hi, Amelia. Hi. And my new friend and Housewives enthusiast, Evan Ross Katz, who's back for a second time. Hi, welcome back. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Amelia and Evan, I've just thrown you guys together to talk about this space. Thought it'd be fun, you know, see how it goes. Just, I, I know we all love the Housewives here. How, I'm just curious, yeah. Evan, what's your favorite Housewives franchise? Um, of all time or presently? Because it changes. Uh, both. I would say of all time, Roni, and then presently, Potomac. Potomac's coming back in July. Yeah. Oh my God. And that trailer, <laughs> I mean, talk about getting my appetite wet. Pretty fast turnaround. So I've never seen Potomac except for the most recent reunion, and I'm going to watch all of it before the next season. So I'm, I'm excited. It's very easy to mainline, so I, I think you'll definitely be in for a treat. <laughs> um, Amelia, what about you? I just really ride hard for Beverly Hills. I don't know. I just, I love, I love Beverly Hills. But I have heard Potomac is really good, and I, I want to watch it. I want to try it, so... I know we got to get involved. Everyone does say it really yeah. is, is the best one. So that's that. That's a summer goal for me. Um, <laughs> let's talk about these two shows. So I think like we just need to start on Beverly Hills talking about this Erica Jane situation. So we're we're two episodes in, and it came out. When did it come out precisely? I can't remember. It feels like it's been a long time that Erica and her husband, Tom, are embroiled in a lot of legal battles, and there's a lot of questions surrounding them. And or two episodes in and it hasn't been touched yet. It's been alluded to only if you like could read between the lines, but it hasn't been touched yet. Evan, what do you think about this approach so far? Well, I want to point out someone posted this on Twitter and I apologize. I don't know who did, but someone said that in the timeline of events, Erica filed for divorce about a week or two after this Tahoe trip. So just, I think that's important to note in the timeline of things. But yeah, I mean, I definitely, I mean, I got the sense from the outset that we weren't going to get a lot of this. (laughs) I, I, I think we're going to get a lot of the 
other women discussing it. Mm. Um, and I don't even think that will be too, you know, got, gotten into just because I think they're going to toe the line of this being their air quotes friend. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I will say this as much as I think that they don't have it when it comes to much to sort of like dig into the Erica of it all. Erica for me is like the least interesting of the Beverly Hills housewives now that Teddy is gone. And so I think that <laughs> I we despise have enough- Teddy. I just want to say, I saw that yeah. Teddy is coming back. Apparently she announced that. Oh, I saw that too. I despise Teddy. I, <laughs> I'm so pissed. I cannot stand her. <laughs> yeah, she always finds her way back. Uh, but so, I mean, for me, it's like, I'm not that bothered by them not getting too into the Erica thing. My thing is if they don't have it, I just don't want them to tease it at nauseum because we haven't so much else going for us, namely Kathy Hilton, that we don't need to like spend so much time sort of like circling the air of this Erica. Debaucherous mess? I don't even know what to call this. It's not a pretty mess. It's just a mess. It's oh not a pretty mess. Oh my God. That was good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amelia. <laughs> Amelia, what do you think? Like, what were you expecting? Because you and I talked about it. We were like hyped for this to see what's going on with Erica. Yeah, I feel like the 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 first two episodes of the I mean I actually enjoyed the one last night but the first episode I was kind of like all right can we finally discuss Erica um and obviously they've really played into the whole situation in the teaser that they showed for a while and that was like okay like can we talk about it and then they have like her weird confrontation where her makeup is like really off because she can't afford her glam squad anymore and she's yelling at Sutton and I thought maybe this is like Sutton's gonna confront her but now it seems like this will be like a whole different thing and we'll never really get into what happened and which is frustrating really frustrating actually it it really is because I mean, is this the biggest, I guess until Jen Shaw, is this the biggest scandal to happen to a housewife while in production? And and just like, in case you're listening, you don't know what happened. Erica Jane filed from divorce from her husband, Tom, and it came out that he was like cheating on her. But then it came out also that Tom was embezzling and like committed fraud and he's now being investigated and tried for that. And then it was suggested that perhaps Erica was in on it. And one of the reasons they're getting divorced is to hide some money. Just It's just very sordid and very complicated. And like, who knows what? Amelia, did you deep dive this? I bet you have. Yeah. Yes, I have. And I, um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I have. Um, no and we'll apology necessary. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> and there's the whole, um, I don't know if you saw in the, the teaser where Dorit goes, widows and children. It's disgusting. And because it, apparently... He's embezzled from specifically like widows and like children. Do you remember the flight, mm. the Indonesian flight where oh, yes. they killed? Oh, yes. Yeah. And um, so it's that. And he also is the lawyer from the movie Aaron Brockovich. Like that yes. is apparently who, who he, uh, he's the guy that they based one of the Albert um, Finney's character. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so so he's like kind of a big deal. And then the whole like he cheated on me with some random lady. But then <laughs> she showed these like screenshots of it. And it was all on this weird like tracker phone. Yeah, it that, was like, like not an iPhone screenshot. It was like oh a my- phone from like 2007. It was one of those little brick phones that yeah. like I had in ninth grade. And I was like, I Mm, I don't know if this is right. And then the woman who he allegedly cheated with came out and was like, this is a lie. You're slandering my name. So I don't know if I, I don't know if I believe this. 
I mean, her like, you know, saying he cheated on me. Let's divert the story. What's really going on here? You know, there was there was this really pointed moment last night's episode where Kyle, they're playing two truths and a lie. And Erica <laughs> can't play the game properly because she won't say which is her lie. <laughs> and what, what were the three things she said? Do you guys remember? I, I she believe- was adopted was one. Yes. Right. Which is uh, the truth. Which was, which was her the truth. truth. Like, well, on a technicality. What she says is the truth. Yeah, I was going to say. You never know with her. Was she the <laughs> one that said, I was arrested? She's, no, that was, I think, um, Crystal. She said that okay. she had she had been a CI, criminal informant, wearing a wire. <laughs> oh, and that she was, was something with the mafia. <laughs> and that she that worked was the for the mafia. Yeah, yeah, naturally. So, and though, so she confirmed that um, the truth was that she was adopted because her stepfather adopted her, but her, right. her mother is her biological mother. So I was like, that's like a technicality. Yeah, uh, whatever. A, a big technicality. Yeah. Um, and then she wouldn't say which of the other two yeah. were truth true or lies. And then Kyle says, Erica's so guarded, it's hard to know like what, what is her truth and her lie. And I was like, they're just like dropping these seeds in so that you remember that there's this shit going on with Erica. And I, I was just like so pointed on the one hand. I was like, great editing. But on the other hand, I, I was just like, it also felt kind of cheap. I don't know. I think it's notable the fact that when they did the recent Watch What Happens Live appearance with the entire cast, Erica was not there. And Andy's reason why was he said, Erica is not doing press right now. However, one week earlier, she was at the MTV, uh, whatever movie reality TV and movie awards. Yeah, yeah whatever they've <laughs> devolved into. Um, but she was present at that. So I think it's very funny that it's like, this is often the case with, with Erica, where it's like, we get told one thing and then the behavior is completely the opposite. Yes. So it's like, she doesn't want attention on this thing, but here she is coming back <laughs> for another season of Beverly Hills Housewives. So it's just very confusing. It's very, you know, what is the truth? Um, yeah. I And I don't know. I mean, I've also, it's funny you say you find her very boring because I've also never really been that into her, but I feel like she is a fan favorite. People love her, right? I don't dislike her, but I'm just sort of like, eh. I loved her up until I maybe like last season when she started to get a little like, it's like we've seen you uh, lash out at people before, like get a new angle kind of. (laughs) I think she's very like antithetical to Bethany in the sense that I think people like Erica Jane, but not Erica Jane on Housewives. Whereas I think Bethany is at her best on Housewives. And I think Bethany off of Housewives is her most abrasive. So I feel like with Erica, I do think people like her, but I don't think what what they like about her is who she is on Housewives because she's given us very few iconic moments um, within the canon. That's true. That's a good point. By the way, Bethany's show on HBO Max. Have you guys watched it? No. Of course. It's appalling. It is oh. so bad. And she comes off so horribly. I cannot believe that she attached her name to the show. This is what they came up with. It is awful. Wait, I was is it is it worse or better than Overserved with Lisa Vanderpump? I think it's worse. Oh, oh wow. Okay. They're both bad. I and They're you, both you know, bad, yeah. Evan, what do you think? Did you watch both? Yeah, I've watched both. They're both bad, but I think Bethany's is worse because Bethany's is so high budget that it's yeah. like, and like it's Mark Burnett, you know, he's done Survivor oh and The my Apprentice God. and The Voice. And so there's a little bit of an expectation of maybe Bethany's not so good at this, but like the powers that be are and like turns out they're not. Yeah, so <gasps> it's funny you mentioned that. So she signed this deal with MGM. That's why she's no longer on Housewives. So that, And that's where Mark Burnett is. But I think the production company that made Bethany's show, and I know the one that made Lisa's, is Evolution, which is the same production company that does Vanderpump and Beverly Hills. And I mm. feel like they like lost the touch. I was like, these two shows <laughs> suck. 
So maybe it's COVID related. They couldn't like, they didn't have like a full playground to work with. But I, I actually, I was, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought that was really notable. I was like, these are just really bad shows. Yeah. So. It's, it's disappointing. But at the same time, it kind of just goes to show you that it's like, oftentimes the these casts really work because of the dynamic amongst them. And so when you pluck one out and put them on their own island, it doesn't necessarily have the same magic of the alchemy of when they're all together. Yeah, it's really true. It's it's really true. Although Bethany needs foils, like she needs people to be against and she doesn't really have like she's like just like playing this weird, you know, she's she treats the show like it's like her version of the apprentice and it's like <laughs> a really bad look. Yeah, it's really bad. Amelia, I, I'm positive you would hate this show. Really? Yeah, it's okay. so bad. Well, now I'm intrigued. Now I kind of want to watch it. Well, it's on HBO Max, so after you watch that Friends okay. reunion, you can go straight into... Oh, uh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Are you, guys, are you guys planning to watch the Friends reunion? Yeah. <laughs> Same. I have to for my other podcast, but yeah. Yeah. I'm curious because not to derail too much, but like basically I was reading Dave Holmes's article recently that he wrote about it, and he was saying that... Matthew Perry seems something's up with Matthew Perry oh, throughout the reunion. I read that too, but they were like, it was, he had dental work. So yeah. he's slurring his speech. Right. So I think the, the part of me is just intrigued to like watch that with an eye towards like, yes. you know, tracking his every move. Yes. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of people feel. Anyway, back to housewives. I don't, so the Erica Jane situation, I, I'm curious to see how that evolves. And th- that's interesting that yeah. two weeks later after this Tahoe trip, she filed for divorce. Great, great Intel. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's journalism. Also, I love when they timestamp it. Like when Sutton, when Sutton was like, "Here's these flasks, which we're going to need for our election week next week." I was oh, like, "Okay, yeah. end of October." Thank you, very helpful. <laughs> love to know where we are in the COVID lifespan. But moreover, totally. I was like, Sutton, are you worried about I, I, Sutton? Totally see being a Trump voter, right? So I was like, "Are you worried yes. about Trump? Trump losing? Is that what you're talking about here?" <laughs> It was interesting thinking about like from what perspective do they think the next week is going to be chaotic, like chaotic yes. for them or chaotic against them. <laughs> yeah. And I think Sutton not wanting to talk about race and like acknowledge race just kind of furthers some of those questions. Mm. That was a really tense conversation. I, I'm curious yeah. what you guys think. How did you guys feel like they're handling on Beverly Hills, on Beverly Hills and New York, both how they're handling these conversations about race and, and, you know, ultimately what I think comes down to white privilege, um, that the three women of color are trying to kind of, I I think they've been given the burden of speaking out against, but I'm curious, like how you feel about this approach to these conversations. Amelia, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of similar to not to bring up like the bachelor, and Bachelorette again, but they kind of used um, Tasha's relationship with Ivan, who was also um, black, to kind of talk about Black Lives Matter, and and which I understand. I think it almost felt more authentic rather than her talking with some like you know random white guy. But for this, yeah, I think it is like when Garcelle talked about it with Kyle, I actually, I really thought that was a good conversation because it was, you know, obviously it was a real life topic and they both handled it really well. I was, I, I not that I don't like Kyle. I, well, I used to kind of be like, all right, Kyle, but, um, I used to love her. And then I was like, when she started fighting with Lisa Vanderpump, I was like, I can't deal with this. I, oh, I, I think my parents are fighting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, now, yeah. But I thought she, I think she's been good so far this season. But anyway, I interrupted you. Keep going. No, no. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think she handled it really well. And she, you know, conceded like, I don't know what it's like. And, you know, again, I don't know if 
she knew like the cameras were on her and, you know, this will be written up about if she plays it a certain way. But I think I really did think that that conversation with Garcelle was really good. And then again, I think that, um, well, I guess what we saw was kind of the beginning of a conversation between Crystal and Sutton. And I was I was kind of shocked at Sutton's reaction, to be honest. And I, and I understand that she is Southern and she brought that up like, I'm a Southern lady or whatever. And <laughs> which I guess I don't know what I expected necessarily, but it's like not like an excuse. Like I'm Southern. Like, OK, I know. But, right, like, well, right. That's the thing. But it's I feel like that is something that, you know, people from time to time, they do fall back on. And I, again, it's weird to be like this is a reality TV show, but these people know it is. And I feel like they're pretty good at being self-aware. But in that moment, I mean, she clearly this is her first season as like a housewife. Yeah. So maybe she hasn't really felt the scorn of, uh, you know, social media and everything else. And and also, I would note that people that I've talked to who watch this franchise they were all really excited about Sutton they were like yeah Sutton's so great she's so funny so maybe she just isn't used to backlash before and I'm and I'm I fear that she'll get it which I mean you know rightfully so but again we have to see the whole conversation play out you know Evan what do you think it definitely felt like Sutton inserted herself into the conversation like without any need to because the whole basis of that conversation began with Kyle explaining the conversation that she had had with Garcelle. And Crystal was saying, you know, as a, as a fellow non-white person, here's the experiences that I've had that can align with Garcelle. She was kind of like um, explaining her own uh, place within that conversation. So then for Sutton to come in there and kind of been like, well, let me give you the perspective of the white Southern lady felt just very out of, out of place, out of step. And she got really, she got really heated about it in a way that it felt like it escalated to a fight versus a conversation unnecessarily. But I would say, looking at, like, Ebony on New York, I think one of the tough things about the situation they're in, and I grant them a little bit of grace because they're dealing with COVID. I think it's harder to get new players in the mix right now. But I think it's difficult when you have people that aren't authentically part of these friend groups coming in, whether they're people of color or white people. And when this Bravo, as as an entity, is making an effort to put more people of color, ingratiate them within these pre-existing franchises, which on its surface is a is a, a valiant effort that they are making. Is it too little too late? Some could say. But I think in the case of Ebony, it's like tricky because she's not friends with these women. And these are not the kind of women who necessarily are like inviting towards new people of any ilk. And so I think one of the t- tough things about Ebony, it's not that she's not working within the group, but there's just a lack of chemistry, not because she's a person of color, because she's a new person in this group who's already just not prone to welcoming new people. So I'm just not feeling like uh, Ebony in particular with New York, it's really meshing in a way that... um I think someone like a Kathy is with Beverly Hills again because they know her already. Yeah, because her sister's That's on so the show. That's so true. And her other sister used to be on the show too. I oh, also Kim. I, I know. <laughs> bring her I bring back. back Kim. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love Ebony. She's like just so great. And she's been on some ringer pods before. And like she's just like, I think she's an awesome personality. It just feels like she's Leah's friend right now, right? Like that's the only one she actually has a connection with. And I just like that. I think, Amelia, I, I agree with you. Like, the conversation between Garcelle and Kyle was actually productive. And I, I'm i glad that instead of, like, um, banishing people, they're making these problematic women like Ramona, like, confront the things that they say and, like, 
make them have to understand why they are wrong. I think it's unfair that it becomes like the responsibility or the burden of Garcelle and Crystal and Ebony to teach these like ignorant white women. But I do think it's like good for the general public who's watching to see these confrontations and to like sit through the discomfort of watching it. So I, I think that like it is in some ways too little too late, but on the other hand, there is some value in just like having these clashes on camera and like in, and having people talk about it. Cause it, it's hard to accomplish. And I think that in some ways housewives are uniquely able to do that. I mean, and I, yeah, I think it's good in the case of Beverly Hills too, that there's an Asian woman now and a black woman, because yeah. I think the other thing is race is not binary. Right. And yeah. so I think the idea <laughs> of not just making this, the, the, I don't want to say solution, but the the effort that they're making is not so simple as just putting more black people onto their shows. It's putting people of color across all of these franchises and maybe starting new franchises um, altogether. But so that aspect of it is nice because you have Crystal coming in and sharing her lived experience, which is not dissimilar from Garcelle's, but it also is not the same. And I think that yeah. nuance is really important. Also, you know, what's really funny just watching the two shows together right now. New York feels so bare with five housewives. <sighs> It's really weird. It's kind of like, how did this happen? <laughs> and then when Leah decides to take her vow of silence, my immediate <laughs> response was like, we're down from already having this <laughs> short lineup of five women and you're going to be silent on this uh, oyster shucking trip. And so we're down to four. <laughs> and it just is like, my God. And then you're watching Beverly Hills and they're, you know, uh, the plane goes up with eight women on board and yeah. you're like, oh my God, yes. And yeah, <laughs> you definitely feel it in New York. You really do. Can we talk about Leah? Do you guys like her? Wow. I I feel like she's popular, but I I found her this week like intolerable. I was just like she was I I don't like Ramona, but the way she was just like calling Ramona like like a mean bitch and she's like staying in Ramona's house, like that was crazy. <laughs> I feel like there's a tough order on Leah right now that comes naturally with a second season, but also it's like I think that the women were aware of the fact that they had just lost two of their cast members from last season. We're going in with, you know, the roster kind of barren. And I think there was a need to carve out drama. It's like why you saw Sonia have like these completely random outbursts that you can say were because of her drinking, but I've, we've all seen Sonia drunk, drunk, and this wasn't Sonia drunk, drunk. This was Sonia. This was performative Sonia to me. And so I think Leah is feeling this effort to sort of, uh, start things and get really heated and walk out of rooms and all that stuff in an effort to make the show interesting. And I think the, the seams are showing. It's really rough. Amelia, where do you stand on Leah? I have to be a hundred percent honest with you. I have not been watching lately. Oh. I know. Okay. I'm nope. sorry. I but no I d- I did like the earlier seasons of New York. <laughs> I mean, the funny thing about New York is it's so stagnant. Like it's just like nothing's really happening, and like they they brought Heather back, and it was just awkward. And I just feel like New York is um I I like lo- love that one, but it's just really not working right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that the kookiness that is kind of the aspect of Housewives Across the Board that I crave. So when I think of like my Karen Hugers, when I think of like my Alexis Bellinos, when I think of like even with uh, Kathy Hilton right now in Beverly Hills and yeah. or Sutton to some extent, um, there's no one really bringing the kook factor to New York. And I know that in the past that has been Sonia, but <laughs> I think that we're just, we're retreading Sonia not only are we retreading her life, but we're retreading plot points that have been on this show for so many seasons now. Um, it just, there doesn't seem a roadmap to like where we're going with this season. And the fact that we're, is this our third episode in the Hamptons now? And, and yeah. we're there again next week. And it's like, 
you know, don't get me wrong. I like to dip into the Hamptons, but I'm just kind of like, where are we going? Where at least with Beverly Hills, even with the Erica thing, as we were saying earlier, we have some sense of what's to come. We know the Scott Disick, Lisa Rinna stuff is coming. We know stuff is coming up. I kind of forgot about that. Great point. Oh my God. For that. I guess also just yesterday in real time, Amelia Hamlin posted like a gushy Instagram about her, her love, Scott Disick. That's just so crazy. LA celebrity is such a small, small world. It's just insane. Like, I think all, all roads lead through the Fosters, but like, I think every person (laughs) on the show has a line to the Fosters. Right. And like, they're all, it's just a very small world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Evan, you mentioned her a few times. I'd like to get into some superlatives and I'd like to begin with our best comic relief. And that is obviously Miss Kathy Hilton. <laughs> Kathy Hilton is now in Little Housewives Beverly Hills. I had forgotten she'd be joining. So when she was there last week, I was like, oh, right. How delightful. <laughs> and boy, is she fun and kooky. She is that she defines housewife kookiness. I, uh, she had some, some great three. She told three truths on, in two truths and a lie. <laughs> All of which were surprising to me. I didn't know them. Um, Hers were that she worked at the Waldorf. She was a hairdresser and that she also worked as a dental hygienist. (laughs) Isn't it hard? Isn't it hard to believe Kathy Hilton's had so many jobs? It's such a rich person. Yeah. What's been your favorite Kathy Hilton moment so far, Evan? I know that you've done it. I can tell you've cataloged them in your mind. I mean, there are many. The obvious one would be her mistaking uh, Garcelle for her sister, (laughs) Kyle. But I will say the one that kind of really endeared me this week was when she, Kyle walked into her bedroom and she said, the fan's not working, the fan's not working. And Kyle bends over and plugs in the fan (laughs) because the fan was not plugged in. And therefore, you know, you kind of need electricity to make something like a fan work. But I love, you know, watching Kathy learn these (laughs) life lessons in in real time. It's really, it's it's really gratifying. Let's talk about the fan. So they went to Tahoe for the weekend. They flew there um, on like a small plane. So not a lot of room for cargo. Kathy Hilton brought a box fan. Like it's like a 18 inch by 18 inch drugstore fan that you buy on a really hot day is like a last resort. And she brought it for the sound, which I get. We all relate to that. Right. But like, of course, but like no sound machine, no fan sound on her phone. Like she traveled to Lake Tahoe with a drugstore box fan. I mean, does it get more iconic Iconic. than that? (laughs) It's also funny to think about, not to get like too technical, but it's like you couldn't call the house manager ahead of time knowing like what the extent of what they go through to get these houses and just be like, hey, is there a, you know, a fan that you can just have in the room or something? It feels like a very like normal ask, all things considered. Yeah, I I was dying. That was so funny. Oh my God. I absolutely loved it. So are we supposed to think that she's blind or has um, a vision problem? I definitely think so. Because Kyle was then making fun of her and she was like, who are you? And I enjoyed that. (laughs) I did too. It was a really good impersonation. (laughs) Yeah. Kyle's good at those. (laughs) Well, she's an actress. Um, Do you, I, I just, correct me if I'm wrong. So Kyle referenced that she and her sister weren't speaking for a long time. And I believe that's over a real estate dispute between her husband and Kathy's husband, right? I do not know. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I think it, well, one of the reasons I think is because Mauricio left the Hilton group or whatever, but then yeah. also Kyle had that short-lived TV series that's based on her mother right. called like American Woman. And she's like, my sisters aren't talking to me anymore because I'm telling all of our secrets or something. So Right, right. Yes, that's It definitely, the sense is that like, 
Kathy wants to make, and, and, and Kyle both want to make sure that whatever drama happens on this season, that they're going to keep their dynamic yes. easy breezy. Yes. That seems like a very, like, we do not want to go to the Kim Kyle route. And it's like, if we're going to do this show together, we surround ourselves with drama. We, we watch the drama. We maybe start drama with others, but not with one another. I really liked that. I, it's the opposite approach that she took with Kim in the early seasons. And it's like, she's learned her lesson. And I, I thought that was sweet. I don't know. I'm just pro the Richard sisters. I don't really know why, but I just, yeah. absolutely. The question I have is it's like, you know, we're this late in the game now. It's like, had they approached Kathy before? I assume yes. I assume she said no. What was it about the timing of now, this late in, that finally made Kathy say yes? And why wasn't, was there talk of trying to get Kim back? Like, just are we ever going to, I, I think we might have some scenes this season with the with the sisters Richard. Uh, but uh, are we going to maybe get, you know, Kim back in the mix permanently? I mean, we can only hope. Oh, I, I love Kim. Just hope for the best for her. Um, so Paris Hilton has a TV show coming, I believe. I think she has a Netflix show coming. I think she's got some other projects as well. And I just noticed, uh, I was reading page six this morning. Nikki Hilton had done a story for page six about her um, adopted town of Bellport, New York, which is like next to the Hamptons where she bought a house. So like, I'm just wondering if there's a full court press from the Hilton family happening right now. Mm. I want maybe they need money. I mean, that's usually oh. my guess, but like it would be hard to understand how, although... I don't know. I could see I could see it like maybe there's some some mismanagement of funds there. Who knows? Yeah, but I have to say I was really struck with Kathy's aesthetic in a in a great way, which is like, sure, we had the Louis Vuitton luggage and the Chanel bucket hat and everything. <laughs> but all things considered, for the fact that I I mean, I only know about Paris's finances, and I know Paris is a billionaire, not a millionaire, a billionaire. Really? And, yeah. And I would say that like Kathy, all things considered, or if Paris is not a billionaire, her company is worth billions. Sure. That much I know. So really? maybe she's a mega, mega, mega millionaire. But yes, her fragrance company is like Oh insane. my God. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I forgot so about anyway, that one. It's just interesting that, not that I'm saying Louis Vuitton luggage is cheap or by any measure, but it's like Louis Vuitton luggage to me is the kind of luggage a not rich person has to yes. appear rich. And so that that was just interesting signal to me that I don't think Kathy Hilton is so hung up on, she's not as not as pretentious as I might have expected her to be. Yes. Well, I, I want to dare to call her Chugi. Is that how you say it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With those yeah. fucking slogan t-shirts. <laughs> Kindness is free. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Who knew? What is it? Does she shop at Target? Buy all of her shirts there? Because they sell Whoa. all of those, I think. No <laughs> shots at Target or buying clothes there. I, th- I think I'm like currently wearing shorts from Target. So uh, me too, but I'm not on the Real Houses of Beverly Hills. But is that, first of all, is that how you say the word, Amelia? I feel like, feel like yeah, you, you did it. You yes. Perfect. Thank you. But I was just like, what is with these slogans? Does she have them on her <laughs> mugs as well? I'm very oh. anti- I'm very anti-slogan except for like speaking them. <laughs> but I found it refreshing to have a wife on this franchise in particular who was not so hung up on always dressing to the nines. Yeah. I thought it was just refreshing mm-hmm. yes. to see someone dress normal. Yeah, it's true. On that totally note, let's agree. talk best fashion so far. I thought just sorry, side note, Erica Jane showed up to the airport in like a sweatsuit. A very bad one. I expected uh, we should have known if we had we not known that like life was about to like implode on her. We would have known from that. It was like an orange <laughs> sweatsuit, very plain, no pretty mess about it. I was just like, oh. you know, just like really like champion sweats. I found that shocking. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right. It's official. 
I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, let's talk about some of the best fashions. Evan, from both New York and Beverly Hills, who's doing it for you? So from Beverly Hills, I would definitely say Garcelle is like absolutely turning it this season. I love the new confessional look that just rolled out. Me too. Rolled out with her purple hair. I <laughs> yes. just think... Like what's fun about Garcelle is that Garcelle takes big risks and I feel like they always pay off. And I feel like she understands the assignment of Housewives, but it always feels practical to me in a way that I think sometimes, often with Erica and sometimes with Dorit, it feels like, it feels performative. It feels like this, you know, performance art, like they're doing it for the memes. They're doing it for the response. Mm -hmm. And with Garcelle, they always read to me as clothing. And I think that's an important, uh, differentiating factor. And so Garcelle for sure. And then Sutton's swan look in her confessional <laughs> where it's like two swans, like almost kissing and then they're on covering her, her breasts. I mean, that is very, very amazing. <laughs> on New York, no one. Um, on New York, I have to say Leah's confessional fashion where she dresses like a serpent, like a purple serpent. I despise, <laughs> but whatever. <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> Amelia, for, what about for you? Yeah, I too enjoyed Garcelle. I remember in one of in the teaser again, she she rocks the purple lip when she's talking to Erica and, and asking if she knew anything, which I, I love too. Um, I also I don't know why, but I really liked whatever Erica was wearing with the pajama thing. The mm. um it was, I think there were snakes on it, and I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. I, I kind of like that. <laughs> I, I kind of liked all of their like more casual comfy clothes that they were rocking and they were all pajamas. Um, okay, let's talk about Dorit for a second right there. <laughs> the white heels with her silky pajamas. I mean, I just, I also despise Dorit. I pr definitely prefer her to Teddy, but like, I don't find her funny. I'm just like, I, I hate you. It's just like, I don't know. I don't, 
I just really judge Kyle Mauricio for being so tight with her and PK. I don't get it. I feel like Dorit doesn't offer as much as the fans kind of seem to imagine that she offers. I think Mm -hmm. that, like, she certainly pulls L-E-W-K-S looks. Like, I get it. (laughs) And I think, like, the fake accent is, like, entertaining (laughs) from time to time. But I think this episode, this most recent episode of Beverly Hills, is a great example of who was the forgotten member of the eight in this episode. It was definitely Dorit. Dorit had the least to do in this episode. And I definitely feel like with Crystal and Kathy coming in and making their presence so known and then elevating Sutton to full wife I just feel like Dorit it's like for me it's like bring elevate Kathy to full time and put Dorit as friend of yeah yeah I I agree with that I hope Teddy comes back as friend of by the way um I I like Crystal's dragon sweater a lot that was really cool yeah really pretty I really I really liked that um Crystal's brother also really intrigues me I'm gonna need to investigate Mm. his career as a pop star in China that's hilarious (laughs) That's like straight out of like a movie or something. That I I don't know. I liked her. Did you guys like when she, when she uh, kept touting the Lion King? Like, did you, I I think it's oh permissible. What'd you guys think? I was kind of like get a new angle. Like, we don't need to have you cut back to the little figurines every time you mention it. But um, I, you know, I mean, I guess if I directed the Lion King too, or, or if my husband directed it, I'd be like, yeah, like that's cool. But then, I mean, at the same time, it's like. That's the like okay, Stuart Little. That's the only that's the only other thing she can really say. So I I guess I, I yes, it, it is permissible. I do feel like we got it last episode though, so it felt like because Lisa Rinna when she first walked into the house did the confessional where she was like he's the yeah. director of the Lion King, so it felt like a little bit like okay, we're really hammering this home. That <laughs> said, I really wish like Crystal's entrance into the franchise was this episode instead of last week because I felt like oh. last week we had that awkward sort of like welcome to my home. I yeah. don't know either of you do you want to come and like stay and have have some lunch and this week it felt much more like it just we got a real proper introduction to crystal and like life with crystal which was so much more entertaining i i hate those scenes when it's so clear that they're introducing a new cast member but like why wouldn't they have had kathy be the person present to like facilitate the intro. Yeah, it's so weird that they just came over kyle and rinna and it was just like hi i'm crystal i'm joining your cast Is it Paul? I don't know that Kathy is capable of facilitating anything. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's asking a lot. <laughs> she's like so, she's just so out there. I, yeah, I can't she's at the get over it. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's busy with all of her jobs. Yeah. But yeah, that it was very strange. I think the funny thing is, I, I agree with Kyle that the age difference between Crystal and her husband is like not particularly meaningful at this point. But she, because she keeps talking about the Lion King, it does like make you think, or at least for me, about like how young Crystal was for like this defining work of his life. Cause she's like, I think she's like 35 or mid to late 30s or something like that. And, you know, the Lion King at this point is like 25 years old. So (laughs) she keeps like pointing to this thing um, that she was a kid for. And I don't know. I find I find that sort of like amusing. But um, I I like Crystal so far. She seems like she's going to be fun. And I think it's worth contrasting Crystal with Ebony in terms of like their entryways into the series because Ebony is really portraying herself as like other than these women. She said it explicitly many times. She's never hung out with this many white women before. And this whole experience of like watching housewives do housewifery, like the craziness, that's all very new to her. Whereas Crystal, it seems like she's much more at home amongst these women. She's much more used to the lifestyle of the rich and famous. This again, having this husband who's in Hollywood and having a friend group that I think that these women are not 
unfamiliar to her. It's interesting watching two different freshman class, you know, the, the, yeah. the different freshman class, how they operate within the, within the, within the system. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Also, Ebony is really is like very meta. It's a real meta commentary because she's like, when I'm with my group of friends, I do this. Like it is super, it's super different. The other thing I realized about New York this week is that of the five women, they're all single. I mean, Luann has a boyfriend, but like that, whatever. Like none of them are married, which is also makes this that franchise different than most of the other ones. Like for all five of them to be single women, and I think four or five are, are mothers. It's just very, it's just a totally different uh, setup than the original show, which is kind of fascinating. And you also just, you get so many less ancillary characters. I mean, I know for me and for many people, one of the best things about Atlanta, for instance, is the fact that you have the core cast and then you have like 20 other, (laughs) you know, figures that are along the periphery, like Don Juan, for instance. And that's not even counting the husbands and the kids. And with New York right now, it's like, not only are we down to a cast of five, but as you mentioned, they're all single women. You have Sonia who doesn't feature her kids. Ebony's not featured. I don't, is Ebony a mother? I think she is. No, she's she's, not. She's not a mother. Okay. So Ebony doesn't have kids. Uh, Luann and Ramona, they're not putting their kids on because they're off at college. It's just like the the cinematic universe of Roni, (laughs) in addition to the sparseness of the cast, everything about Roni just feels like, it's like, I almost like want to just walk out onto the street and just be like, grab bodies and put them at these dinner parties, <laughs> get them tested first. Uh, but just to like have other people for them to interact with. When when Garth came in the room in the house this week, you could see how excited they were. Not that Lou's boyfriend was here, but just at the prospect Another of person. someone new to talk to. Exactly. Yeah, they're just like great. Another yes. warm body. And yeah, yeah, they're like stuck in the Hamptons for like how, who knows how many days, throwing these parties like they're the only people who attend them. They're just like. It's sort of like very juvenile. There's like making like, it's like a slumber party with like events. And it's like, now we're playing dress up of this kind. Right. It's, it's really weird. It's a very strange, strange contrast to what's going on in Beverly Hills. Also very, and, and they're filming like at the exact same time, basically. So, which is also kind of interesting. Um, the COVID glimpse is also very different. Like it, in LA, it feels like way less present, but with New York, it feels much more. I don't know. Um, who do you guys find to be the saddest housewife right now? <laughs> I uh, I think it's got to be Sonia. Sonia has just oh. been nominated to be sad. She's like, you know, she, she um, was triggered by the words Wells Fargo. She's apparently drinking a lot. She's oh. saying she's sad because Luann's ignoring her for her her boyfriend. It's a tough watch. I like. I think people go to Sonia for like the Kathy Hilton comic relief, and to not be getting it is disappointing. Yeah, I, I'm completely in alignment. I, I think it's I think it's borderline unwatchable. Um, I just think that in addition to the sadness, it's like we've gotten nothing but this sadness for so many seasons now. I mean, I'm thinking of several seasons ago when Bethany berated her at her office and left her in tears. It oh my just God, kind of I feels about like, that. <laughs> yeah, you need a little bit on shows like this when you have characters like Sonia, you need some ebb and flow. So it's like you can experience their their losses, but you have to also have to see their wins or rather you desire to see their wins and their losses. And with Sonia, it just feels like she's constantly just being pummeled and, and, and by not always by outside forces, sometimes by her own inner demons. And it just, not that these shows are supposed to leave you feeling like satisfied in any way, but it definitely... It's just, it's not fun to watch. Yeah, it's really tough. I I think Beverly Hills also like just more fun right now because there's not one housewife. You're just like, oh God, you probably should leave the show. Whereas <laughs> you're and also, I think it's great that the various women are, are sober on New York, but like it also just is like, why are you on the show? Like perhaps leave. That's Beverly Hills is more fun. You're sort of like, this is all fine. You're all, 
you're all kooky. You're doing your thing. They also, I think you're, that's a great point about the cinematic universe. They all, it does feel like this is a small segment of most of their lives, not like their whole life, but the Beverly right. Hills ladies. I don't know. Um, I, 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 there's definitely a lot more joy ha- coming out of the, the Lisa Rinna world and everything. Uh, I feel like it's been a tame Rinna so far through two episodes. Yeah. I mean, I, I always kind of feel like, I mean, I love Lisa Rinna, the person, and I love Lisa Rinna, the social media presence. Lisa <laughs> Rinna as a housewife, um, she's a great instigator, but I would say beyond that, oh, yeah. I'm not sure Lisa's always like, when there's not any sort of like animosity to sort of like stoke the fire on, Lisa's not, doesn't really give us a whole ton. Um, That's so true. Yeah. I mean, she's, yeah. I, I did the kooky Lisa of Instagram is way more my speed. <laughs> I love when she posts that workout video that she has. She always yeah. does it like every few months. Um, oh my. Yeah. It, I agree. I think it's, I mean, that what made me, I mean, if we're going to talk about like sad stuff, I was rewatching. <laughs> the um, previous season when they saw Denise on and just the fact that she like sacrificed her like 20 plus year friendship just for some screen time and drama. Was, I mean, she's devoted. I will say that about <laughs> Lisa Rinna. She's a devoted housewife. Um, but that honestly, that made me depressed to watch. And also it made me appreciate Garcelle too, because she, she and that's also going back to Dorit, the whole Dorit thing. Yes. I don't really like Dorit either. And I think she's annoying and the whole accent thing, whatever. And PK, I know. And the best thing that PK has ever done is tell Erica, um, that she's, what did he say? He's, she is inherently cold rather than (laughs) deliberately cold. That was iconic. Um, but I think that Dorit, she had, well, last season she had her whole, um, Capri room in the Buca de Beppo and Encino, which I really want to get to um, once I'm back in LA. But she also defended Denise, which I I really liked because I thought they were really, really mean to Denise to a point where it was just like, this isn't fun to watch for me. And I think Lisa Rinna was a, a really big part of that. And just the way she attacked Denise was, was honestly disgusting. And then I don't know. It was just, it was really unfortunate. And I feel like there's a very fine line between, you know, yes, being a shit stir and then like really being a mean friend. And I think that, you know, not to quote Denise again, but Lisa was being a very mean friend and it was just unfortunate. I don't know. You also just like want, and I think the shows across the board are not always great at this, but you want true reconciliation. And I think that it all began with like the Jill Bethany of it all and then continue with like the Nene Kim. But it's like in that instance, you want at least with the reunion, you wanted Lisa to own it, her her signature oh. and, and, and like move along with Denise. And the fact that like they're no longer friends as a result of the show with, as you mentioned, they had a friendship that predated this show. They're in the world of Hollywood working actors, et cetera. It's just sort of like, I don't want to say it speaks to Lisa's character, but it's a disappointing aspect of seeing like the negative impact of a show like this on a person's like constitution of character. Yeah. And like their actual life. Yeah. Yeah. I think last season, even one year later or whatever it is, would be received really differently. I just think that like in the last year, like the sort of the way they get like kind of like basically like outed Denise and Brandy and sort of just like wouldn't, it would not be played for 
laughs or or like and, and not even that it was played for laughs but just like it wouldn't be like a a plot line in the same way like i think people would have would are even just one year later would view that really differently it's tough though because brandy's so unlikable and so cuckoo <sighs> that it's like it's made it's all the more made complex by the fact that like yes i think i agree with you that i think some of the ways in which there was, you know, ed- edged into homophobia at times, the way they were, like, approaching it. At the same time, though, it's like Brandy – I was going to say – I don't – I'll be diplomatic. Brandy's not a nice person. <laughs> Brandy drinks a lot. Um, there are a lot of things about Brandy that made it all the more complex because it's like yeah. you, you're you not – it's like you're rooting for Denise, kind of, but then you're like, well, Denise, if you're going to do this, like, why Brandy Glanville? It's like there, there's a lot of aspects to it, but I, but I agree with you. Oh God! I'm glad. I hope for Denise that she's she's doing better. That was she was like she was so fun at the beginning of her season. She was like so ridiculous, it's sad. I, I you know what? I would love to get Brandy in a room with Kathy. Oh my God, me yeah. too. But I think it's important. I think it's good that we got two seasons of Denise uh, on like a Kim Fields in Atlanta, because I do think what I appreciate about Denise is that she's not like a blip in the radar of the show. There's a two season arc. I feel like it landed somewhere. And and honestly, Denise Richards is iconic and will be okay and will continue to be a working actor as she was before she came on the show. That's the thing about Denise Richards is Denise Richards didn't come on to this show as a has been. Uh, Denise Richards is the moment. So I think that Denise Richards will be fine. This will be a blip in the radar of her life yeah i, I, like I agree that. with that yeah. well very well said i it does feel like a different show though right like i i uh feel like it you know evan you're you were mentioning like who's most changed i would say beverly hills both both shows are just so different than where they started and even where they were like a year or two ago who do you think is the most changed housewife in this bunch without a doubt sonia morgan and for anyone that's that needs proof of that go back and rewatch. So Sonia joins the cast of New York mid-season in season three. She's one of the original sort of like friend ofs before that had really been like cemented as like, you know, something that they do on the show. And Sonia is completely different. She comes into the group. Not only is she super level-headed, she's sort of like the early, It's she sort of is what Dorinda was early on in Dorinda's years, which is like the friend to everyone. Um, everyone likes Sonia. And on Scary Island in particular, if you go back and rewatch <laughs> it, because everyone's watching for Bethany Kelly. But if you actually keep your eye on Sonia, Sonia does a great job of towing the line between not of, of all the people she makes Kelly feel the least insane. And that's oh. saying something. Uh, seriously. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I, I do remember it, watching that. That was a, that was a good episode. New York is the most rewatchable season in my, or, yes. or, or franchise, in, in my opinion. It's the most fun, most fun to go back to. And Beverly Hills, who do you think is the most changed, Amelia? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Especially as a lot of these women. I mean, only Kyle is from the original. Right, uh, yeah. Cast now. I actually think she has not changed that much. Just, I, I think she's. I agree with she you. Is. She, yeah, and I don't, I feel like my like of her, maybe I've changed because like I, I, it ebbs and flows. Like I'll be like, yeah, I like Kyle. And then I'll be like, oh my God, Kyle's so annoying. Um, But I guess, I don't know, maybe because uh, I actually started out and I, I really liked Erica and I thought she was fun and the Erica Jane character was really fun too. But now I'm just like, Ugh, I don't need to watch her anymore. Not that I mean, I, I I feel for her and everything, but also it's like, how do you not know that you know your husband's embezzling money? But um, <laughs> I just you know, and and again, I was you know rewatching these seasons, and there's a moment in one of the reunions where she talks about her like forty grand a month glam squad, and it's just like all of watching that now is just like really jarring, and it just doesn't make 
what we know now doesn't make that fun. Like it used to be like, oh, that's a fun little tidbit. She's so rich, you know, and now it's just like, ugh. and her with her glam squad all the time. Just rewatching that makes me kind of sick because I mean, what is being alleged is pretty bad. So I don't know. Maybe it really is me, the viewer who's changed not to, you know, make this all philosophical and stuff. But um, because I don't philosophical. I I like it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, maybe it's just like (laughs) after all the information that has come out and I can now, you know, synthesize that and just go back to watching this and now watching this with the new lens of just like she's kind of a shitty person is like, you know, it's it's sad. That's another, you know, it's sad. I, that's usually I take breaks from Housewives sometimes when I feel like I can't support the people I want to support I take a break from the franchise so I don't have to turn on them like I, I kind of just like disengaged from Lisa Vanderpump when I felt that I, I could no longer support her purely and I feel, feel that way still BTW did you see that um, Lisa Vanderpump left a bill for Kyle at, at some restaurant <laughs> and then who do you believe? So this is this is what Lisa says. This is oh, what God. Kyle said happened. Lisa was having a, a meal at the same restaurant as Kyle, who was there with a producer from Beverly Hills and Vanderpump. And so Lisa said hi. And then she left the bill for Kyle to pay. And then um, Lisa, like, a, and then this made it onto TMZ. And then like a day later, Lisa disputed it. And so that's not true. She, she <laughs> paid herself and like posted like some like alleged receipt. Who do you believe? TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know. They're both like, this is like that aspect of them both that I think is just so unwatchable in the sense that like, I'm not, I'm not big fans of either of theirs, but I don't really dislike either of them. They're like two of the housewives I don't really have strong opinions about, but I feel like this sort of like going to the press and like sparring, but then not having the tone of it be made clear. Like, is this like, it sounds like Lisa was trying to do like early Vanderpump, which was like when she was like, kind of like a jokester. The last time we saw Lisa on this show, she was like kicking Kyle out of her house. So it's like, I guess, so I guess going back to the earlier question of who's changed the most, Vanderpump, I think really is the answer. So then when Vanderpump tries to sort of pull her old antics, it's like, wait, Oh, was that you all along? Have you never changed and you just, you're regressed? It's like, it gets confusing. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. LVP has changed a lot. And I say LVP in my, in my head as, as Lisa Renna. I love when she says LVP. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me to talk about this. It's just been such a delight to have these both on at the same time. I'm going to catch up for Potomac. So we'll dip back in this summer. And Catch Amelia on Ringer a Dish and Evan on his pod, Shut Up Evan, which is a great title, by the way. Thank you. Um, thank you so much for joining me and I'll be back next week. We are getting back into Bachelor Katie season. We're going to do a preview of some kind next week and then the week after, back to our regular schedule of Monday night and Thursdays. So have a great long weekend and thanks for listening. And of course, thank you to Kaya McMullen for producing this episode. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. 
you might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong. But these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.